you know, to see some people being hurt by something uh, who are always hurt by something and saying mm -hmm. something about it, especially coming from the experience of it happening and utilizing the art of parkour and like filmmaking and all of what we do to speak about it. Like, I mean, I mean what the fuck is the point of using it otherwise, you mm -hmm. know, if, if you know, especially if you know, why not say something when you know you have something to say? Hi, Luis here. Once again, publishing on the internet the conversations I wish I would have had on a rooftop. On this episode of Swapping Shoes, I had the huge honor to chat with Daryl Stingley, aka Wavezilla. By the way, what a great title, because his flow is like water, but his movement is too powerful for liquid serenity. That's why King Wavy. On this deep conversation, we expressed our feelings about black expression and representation on the parkour universe, future projects and a little bit about old dramas. Aight, let's go for it. This is Swapping Shoes with Daryl Stingley. Hi Daryl, welcome to Swapping Shoes. Hello Luis, it's been a long time. Yes man, long time, long time. But it's good to see you. Good to see you too, man. I could definitely see you better than you can see me i'm in the darkness you're in the light so but it's good it's good <laughs> yeah it's crazy i like i was texting all my friends um 7 a.m i'm here ready to record uh, the swapping shoes with daryl i just woke up and he's about to go to sleep it's crazy <laughs> the other side of the road exactly Completely. that's how we do it <laughs> where are you now exactly this place where you are is it your house or your 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 gym where you work yeah no this is this is uh this is my home this is mm. my home where I'm at right now. So this is my home uh, office space, which is basically like my desk against this wall in my living room space. So, mm. um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm at home. This is where I've been doing basically everything from for almost the whole past year, basically, because of the, the pandemic has been terrible, obviously. Yeah, yeah I imagine. You are in uh, Bay Area, right? I am in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. Yep. Yeah, and how is the how are the things there? Is it too gnarly with but the pandemics or? Um, I mean, like you know, it's it's not like one of those things where you go outside and it looks like the apocalypse happened or anything like that. But <laughs> but you know, there's the things that you can't see, you know, that that often unless you're going into a hospital regularly or unless you know somebody that passed away, you know, which we, we know some, some people that have, um, you know, come into contact with the virus and then also people who have actually passed away from the virus. So um, it doesn't like look crazy or anything, but it's, um, we could definitely be doing a lot better. We could definitely be doing a lot better. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll be doing a lot better moving forward with, uh, with new leadership in place. Yeah, man. Oh, you must be so relieved, aren't you? Immensely, immensely <laughs> definitely feels a lot better um it feels nice to know that that every day you're not gonna wake up to like today we didn't wake up to any crazy shit so <laughs> that's awesome you know no it was ridiculous man like are, are we gonna ever look back at what just happened and and say and see how blind could we have been to have put like trump as a leader of one of the world powers, yeah. if not the biggest world power, yeah. their biggest world power in the Western world. 
yeah it doesn't it doesn't make i mean like obviously it's one of those situations where you feel like it it doesn't make sense how did we get this far but then you know you learn all of the 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 inner working mechanisms that a lot of us were missing especially a lot of young people and especially a lot of young people um of color you know who don't feel like our voices get heard so in the last election you know like i didn't vote I have a whole bunch of friends who didn't vote because we we just hadn't seen the stakes that high and we hadn't all been in a position to understand how we were affected by the politics you know mm -hmm. like the people that say like i don't get into politics but politics get into you no matter it, whether you you know go and vote or not whatever the policies are they're going to affect you so we learned that over this past four years and um you know uh it, fortunately there were a lot of people who looked like us who were also younger people you know not not as young as we are but but also some as young as we are who were going out and saying no you guys need to vote you guys don't understand how important this is and how much this matters to you um and and you know that was the the kind of catalyst that had this mass uprising in uh you know young voters of color and voters of color across the spectrum going out and uh and basically um you know, saying we don't want any more of Trump or any more of what he's talking about. Um, we don't yeah. want the the violence, the negativity, the racism, the hatred, you know, the bigotry. We don't want that. We want progressivism. We want growth. We want like unity. We want things to be better. So, you know, we all went out and exercised our, our uh, right to vote and we chose somebody uh, better than that guy. <laughs> good. That's good. So yeah, it is definitely a really there is there was a, a little bit of a positive side on this then because now uh, we understood the the importance of our our voice and it kind of woke woke us up. It it's sad that it had to be through so much of blood being shed. Is that how you say it? Or violence mm -hmm. or this way that it has been. But I think that like 2020 was such an incredible year for this rise of consciousness. And it's really good that it happened and that we can speak this out loud and not sound just like a crazy uh, left wing or communist or, you know, it, now, yeah. it's, now it's a thing. We finally kind of have the right to complain and it's okay. And people, most part of the people will want to listen or they are a little bit more aware of what's happening. So I think it's good. Um, definitely, it definitely is. And um, like, I'm, I'm from Brazil, man. Like, I wish, uh, trust me, I wish, th th this will sound weird. I wish we had a Trump, Instead man. Instead of Bolsonaro. Because Bolsonaro, yeah. dude, man, it makes no sense. It's, it's ridiculous. It, like mind-blowing but i don't want to talk so much about this here because politics of we can course, leave a little bit aside let's get into our, our road um uh, yesterday i was watch uh, like i texted you out of nowhere on instagram because i was uh, on youtube and i was just scrolling down and seeing the videos and stuff and i realized where the fuck are the black parkour people yeah <laughs> <laughs> age old question right like for us at least i don't understand because like the the first wave yamakazi most part of them were black and then now it's a very white sport 
Why do you think that's like that? Well, I mean, like I was explaining to you, um, I think uh, a lot of it comes down to like continual representation and what we see, you know, like, like I told you, if I didn't see Seb, um, you know, training um, or like some of the parkour generations guys training when I, when I was like starting in 05, I would have probably not gotten into it. Or if I did get into it, maybe I wouldn't have stuck with it. I don't, I don't know. Um, and then seeing athletes like you, um, you in particular early on in my career and seeing the level you were at is one of the things that, you know, led me to believe that I could, achieve that just because you know you see somebody it's it's really hard to do something that you don't see yourself doing you know it's really challenging mm -hmm. to to um step into a role that you don't see yourself in if that makes sense you know like mm -hmm. for for us for us there's an understanding of um if you see somebody it, you could be in a room full of all white people and if you see one other person of color, like especially another, another black person, if you're a black person, that makes you feel good. That makes you feel like, okay, okay, I'm not completely <laughs> alone, you know? And that's, a, that's, a, that's something that's very unique to, um, to us as, uh, I mean, we're, we're not the, the global minority, obviously, but in a lot of places where, that are, um, you know, deemed uh, society, right? um those places have a lot of white faces and typically in a lot of those places we are the the minority whereas in in some of the more underprivileged areas we are not the minority at that point in time we're we're the majority at that point in time um so i do think that that being able to see other people that look like you or come from experience that you understand um it it, it helps it helps you uh hold a place within a certain realm and I think that um, you know early on there there were some figures right but what we saw in terms of like between France and the UK and the UK being one of the places where it blew up where it definitely blew up the most probably like the most popular place in the world to, to be doing parkour is the UK um, you know that was if you watch, you know obviously you watched uh, you watched uh, Jump Britain right yeah. And in Jump Britain, the majority of faces we saw were white. The majority of um, of uh, urban free flow, that that entire crew that was growing at that time, um, was a mostly white crew. You know, you had blue in there, you know, um, but but when you look at it and you see Sebastian Foucault, who's from France, and you see Blue, who's native to the UK, but he's like the only uh, black cat in the whole crew. Um, it it definitely looks to people who come from scenarios and situations like what I come from here in, in like Pittsburgh, California, in the East Bay um, of like San Francisco area, um, and certainly where you come from in Brazil, when you see a large grouping of people who you know that you have um, a level of, of th there can be hostility, you know, there can be some, some, they don't understand you, they don't know what they're looking at, or they assume and make, uh, you know, make assumptions about what you might be or who you might be or what you might do or, or what you might say or whatever. It just feels better to not deal with that at all. You know, I don't want to go over there and get called this or get called that. I don't want to, I don't want to join into this crew of people um, and hear them, you know, talk to me a certain way because they question my intelligence or they question if I'm, 
uh, if I have a criminal background or something like that, you know, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's easier not to jump into it. Whereas when you look at other sports where, where we are very represented, like basketball is a sport where we're very represented, um, very much so in um, like soccer, football, like, you yeah, know, we're represented too. there. It just feels like when you, yeah, exactly. When you look at those realms and you see other people that look like you and there's a lot of other people that look like you, it definitely makes it feel easier to, to step into that realm because you know, regardless of where that person's from, like you and I are from two different areas completely, but we mm -hmm. have so many similar experiences just because of the color of our skin. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that is, um, you know, uh, negatively perpetuated in the white community. So they don't necessarily have all of the same uh, social stigmas that, that they could like rally behind to, to find uh, camaraderie with each other because of their skin color. They're just people mm -hmm. because that's how, that's how the world has made everything seem. It seems like, you know, uh, the white people are just people and we're people of color, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a lot of why I think you don't see as many of us in, uh, in the sport of parkour because there's just not, it just doesn't seem like it's representative of our communities or our cultures. And it also doesn't seem like it's openly inviting. And, and that comes from personal experience, but also just looking from the outside in kind of, mm. you know, what it seems like. All right. Um, the first of all, thank you. For, it's such an honor to listen to you saying that I'm, you, you, you got inspired by me because you are such an ama amazing, crazy athlete. Oh, of course. And uh, second, it's this representation. Is there a way that we can move, like to, we can change it? Like it's not only our job to mm -hmm. do it, right? Because it's it's way it's way too difficult for the I don't know what is the five percent of the world park athletes are maybe black on the Europe or America. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But is it this really small right. amount of people? Yeah. Uh, how could this voice be heard? Because it's it doesn't seem like we have a, a chance <laughs> i'm sorry to say like it's so pessimistic i would love to have more like in Port portugal has a very big uh, a black population but we don't have a lot of black people doing parkour because for a lot of them for, for kids like 14 year olds going outside and jumping walls would just be ridiculous and people would see from the outside and be judging them and say, hey, hey what you doing? If it's a white person doing, at least in Portugal, Portugal has a very masked uh, racism. They say that it's not racist, but it's extremely racist. Uh, yeah. But if you see a, 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 like some Portuguese kids jumping wall, walls, it's just, oh, kids doing parkour. But if you see a black kid doing jumping walls, Portuguese people would see it, oh, what are these guys doing? Oh, my God, this is... Uh, thieves or what you know so how could we change this perception from the outside world and from the kids who are getting inside of parkour how can we just kind of switch this mentality there there's a there's like a little bit of an understanding that i think that people don't necessarily have when they look at 
um, people of color, black people, very, very prevalently, um, people of just dark skin. Um, mm -hmm. What a lot of people don't see is how often and, and like it's, it's historically ingrained. I mean like pop culturally ingrained that so often our culture is um, almost like married to criminality or danger. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's it's worldwide. I mean, people out here in the U.S. Um, will say things about people in Africa or in any like Middle Eastern country, people with dark skin coming from there. They're dangerous. They're perceived as dangerous uh, because they speak languages that these people don't understand. And the languages to them sound hostile. But but the truth is and this is the thing that I'm going to explain this way right now. So I have my, let's say my, my interview voice, right? My interview uh, language. I speak like this so often when I'm speaking uh, on podcasts or, or in interviews, or if I'm talking to any, anytime I'm talking to any of the UK guys, um, I always speak like this. And anytime yeah. I'm, I'm answering a question to somebody somewhere, uh, you know, let's just say parkour related in particular, um, I speak like this, but this isn't how I was raised like speaking. I, I learned how to speak this way um, in, in school and I learned how to speak this way specifically because this is the way that I can speak that will make uh, people who may seem uncomfortable with me never, never often, you know, often, sorry, never people that look like us, but mm -hmm. often white people. I, I speak this way specifically to make them feel comfortable, you know, um, just like if you're, you know, you speak multiple languages, you go to any other, um, you know, uh, white place, you, you speak English, right? Mm -hmm. Like, typically, unless, unless, like, there's a language that you know of that space that you can speak specifically, but it's because that's less threatening. Um, and that stigma of you, you sound different, you look different, and, and also the, the history of how often our people and our cultures have been portrayed as criminal. Like that, that stuff needs to be, we need to know that. Like not only us, you and me, other people of color need to know this, but white people need to understand that this has been um, specifically to target us and make us out to seem either inferior or dangerous, which then causes us to seem like we're not intellectual for whatever reason. Mm. Um, so if I speak to you the way that I speak to, you know, um, like my girlfriend, or if I speak to you the way that I speak with my dad or my friends from around here, um, that kind of speak, <laughs> see that, that kind of speech <laughs> specifically will um, typically cause people to ask questions like, oh, where are you from? Are you from, are you from the ghetto? Like, you know, and yeah. then the whole, uh, were you in, like, did you get into any gang activity? Did you ever, like, sell drugs or anything like that? Um, when, when that stuff gets brought up and um, the understanding of what leads to those circumstances isn't there, it, it can make people perceive us, obviously, as, as a, whatever they've seen us portrayed as in, in pop culture uh, mm -hmm. or in, in, any, in any sort of um, media repre representation, including the news. And the news were often portrayed as, as criminals. If, if you and I did something like what happened on January 6th here in the United States, yeah. in the Capitol, which was, a, which was a fucking terrorist attack, <laughs> um, 
we would immediately get labeled as terrorists, but these people are labeled as, uh, you know, protesters, yeah. which doesn't make sense. Um, or at most like rioters, um, when, when again, we would be labeled as terrorists. I think that that needs to be understood, even if the mass media doesn't change fast enough, people that are consumers of that need to change. So the average person seeing us do something like parkour outside in a public setting is, it seems like we might be doing something um, dangerous and not dangerous to to us, but dangerous to them. Mm -hmm. And until, until, until we can do a better job or not us, but until there can be a better job done of other people looking at us as potentially the same as they would look at another white kid doing the same exact thing, just a kid, you know, doing parkour or a kid climbing on walls or whatever. As, as soon as they stop assuming that everything involved with us is criminality or, or potential danger to their societal status quo, then I think on our end, on the end of people of color, I think we'll feel more comfortable trying to actually mm -hmm. do things like this because yeah. I know for, for me, I, I grew up here in the Bay Area and, uh, and, you know, I was, my dad did a really good job of keeping me from going places that I probably wouldn't be um, accepted or, mm -hmm. or, or wouldn't be given the, the benefit of the doubt. Um, here in Pittsburgh, my hometown, you know, very, very diverse city, um, I can practice all around here pretty safely there's still only certain places I, I should go and a lot of the time as a kid my dad went with me or I always had friends with me um, you know so that that kind of kept me safe but if I was going to go somewhere else like if I was going to go to a, a city called Lafayette which is a much more um, wealthy city out here um, I would have to go out there knowing that I'm not going to get the same treatment there that I'm going to get here I'm probably going to be looked at as doing as I'm doing something dangerous or or not dangerous again to me, but dangerous to their community or you know to the people there. They think that we're trying to break into something, uh, yeah. steal something, hurt somebody, you know, stuff like vandalize and stuff like that. So I I think once the once that stigma is at least acknowledged by more white people, then I think more people of color will feel Pretty as cool. though, you know, yeah, they feel like I can go out and I can try this and I won't, at least I won't be potentially violently persecuted for it. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's what I think that, uh, that's one of the, one of the first steps that I think needs to happen. I think acknowledgement of our experience is one of the first yeah. and most important things that needs to happen. But for, from us too, right? Of course. From us black people, uh, we need to, it's ridiculous to say that, that we have to try to look even friendlier or, but we kind of do, man. <laughs> like, I feel like I have to do an effort as, as you were saying that you have to put a mask to speak, uh, uh, not a mask, but you have to speak a different language than yours to be understood and, uh, to sound friendly to to people who are not like us. Of course. Um, 
I feel like it's gonna, it has to be the same with our interactions on the street when we're training parkour. We have to act this way. Uh, like, it, there's a Brazilian rapper called Emicida that says that just because you're black, you have to do everything 10 times better. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to be 10 times friendlier. You have to be 10 times better in parkour. You have to be 10 times better smelling. You have to be 10 times uh, better speaker. You have to do everything 10 times better just so you can see at, le at least a little bit more like people. Because otherwise you're just the black guy. If you don't do this well, you, you're, not, you're just the black guy. Um, yeah, but there's also the media representation is a crazy thing. I, we, we, I was telling you on Instagram. I don't know exactly how it is on, in, on the US, but here in Portugal, in most part of the European countries, it's getting better, of course, but there is no media representation of black people. Advertisings, movies, any TV work. It's, man, like black people on ad ad advertising in Portugal is a really rare thing super rare as if black people in portugal don't go shop right but it, they <laughs> but uh there's like there was an advertising two years ago or three years ago of a beer brand that they had around 30 main actors and two of them were black people and one of them was a waiter while a couple of white people were laying on a resort drinking beer and the other one was carrying a tent while the other white guy was drinking a beer. <laughs> and I think this is a really important step because the advertising road is dirty as fuck and we all know that. Mm -hmm. But it's really important to have like this kind of um, some, some strong voices inside of this road that can change the perception for everyone and for also for black people to watch the TV and finally see something else representing them. Not only the thief or the only hip hop dudes or the basketball player, but just the person being a person. That's all. Oh, it would be very nice to see, but it doesn't usually yeah. happen. It's getting it's better. One of those though. things that better. we definitely have to look at and say, wow, like, thank God for this, you know what I mean? Like, thank, thank you that we're getting this far, but it's also one of those things that it's like, we need to keep going. We need to keep going <laughs> in that direction. Because, dude, I'll tell you what, man, um, I, had, I actually had a, a little argument with, with Kai Willis, um, funny enough. Kai is like, you know, one of, one of my best friends in parkour, um, like, you know, just in, in my history in the sport. He's been one of the people that's been closest to me. And we were talking about like when Black Panther came out. Um, and all the people that were talking about what they didn't like about the movie and that it was like, it was way too, it was too black. Like, and, and I was like, the, the movie's not, it's not for, it's not for you. Like the representation in the movie isn't for you the same way that the representation in um, the Irishman isn't for me. Like, you know, mm. I'm, I'm just <laughs> sitting down to, I'm sitting down to enjoy the, the cinema and also to learn a little bit about that culture, that's the idea. Um, so it's like, if there's something in there that you don't understand, it's not necessarily up to the, the um, you know, artists to make you understand. It's your, your job as a consumer to like educate yourself and use the art as, as a, a, a gateway to that education and understanding because, mm -hmm. you know, it was a big thing for, for us. It was a big thing for black people worldwide. Yeah. you know that movie um and now it turns around and it's not it's no longer you know um i don't understand like it was too black 
to <laughs> like, well, you got Black Panther. I mean, like people, people will now turn it around and they'll, like, you'll say, man, there's not a lot of black people in, in these movies. Like if you say there's not a lot of uh, black leads in Marvel movies to be, in, mm -hmm. to be particular about that because everybody knows about that in, in this sport in particular. Uh, people will immediately point to Black Panther and be like, well, what about this? This is a full black movie. And then it's like, okay, you're right. Um, Iron Man, the Hulk, Captain America, <laughs> Captain Marvel, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, what, do I need to keep going? Doctor Strange, I'll just keep on going if you want. Like, you know, it's like one movie where the majority of the cast is representative uh, of a very underrepresented culture is not enough, you know? We need to get to the point where we understand um, that equality is what we're looking for. And equality doesn't just mean, you know, this person worked hard to get where they're going and this person, like you said, worked 10 times harder to get to the same place. Yeah, they're on equal ground, but they didn't work equally to get there and they didn't have equal opportunities to get there. So yeah. representation does need to be there. And it needs to be there in, in advertisements because like you said, like, like black people don't go shop. We absolutely go out and shop. We're the biggest consuming demographic, at least here in the United States, we're the biggest like consuming demographic that there is. We buy the most commercial products, you know, like mm -hmm. shoes and clothes and things like that. They, they love selling to us, but they don't love showing us, you know, in, the, in, in, the, in their clothing or in their, their products to advertise their products because it's not seen to them as uh, marketable. So yeah. um, it, it is definitely getting better and, and I've come up in the industry to see it get better too alongside you as well, you know, like to mm -hmm. see the changes. Um, but the idea of, um, you know, opportunities being there for us the same way that they would be there for anybody else a beer commercial i i drink beer you know like mm -hmm. i could be in a beer commercial no problem but <laughs> our skin is not associated with with yeah. like beer which is again doesn't make sense um <laughs> so so those those areas of representation continually need to uh progress you know they're progressing mm -hmm. now they need to keep progressing and we need to not get um complacent with what progress we've achieved because that's not how we reach what we're what our goal is right yeah it's true not be complacent is a very good tip yeah just keep working hard man come on just keep on training trying to spread a good message and staying out there uh, yeah but it's also hard again the story about the, the MEC that you have to be 10 times better have you ever noticed how it, it works with parkour also? If if you're if you're black, you're already not like you 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 have a different starting point. It's like the guy is sick. Like for example, Dario, you are amazing, man. Your movement is like is just way incredible. The style, yes. the power, this rawness, this, this strength, and I feel you're so underrated. It's like a somewhere Ultima also, you know, that guy, why, why is he not like up there in the most respected game changers, beautiful movers in the road? He's, he has less than 1000 followers on Instagram. Of course, it's a, a lot because of his presence on, on Instagram, but 
still on on YouTube and stuff like this. And I see that there's a lot of the uh, right, right. Ah, of course he's good. He's black. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it's like can't get the respect because you're you're black, but then also the whole reason that you're good, the whole reason you can jump so far. Oh, you got black man legs. You got hops, right? Like the automatic. <laughs> this is why you're good. Yeah, your people are just. <laughs> This is so good at athletics and it's like oh dang i'm sorry i thought i mean you know i thought i was practicing real hard every day hours <laughs> of a day for 16 years my bad i i guess not <laughs> i guess i had it all along for how long have you been trained there i actually just hit my 16 year anniversary on january 9th yeah nice so, uh, yo you know um, date exactly yeah yeah because it's my so my birthday is february 9th And I remember on my friend, like my friend Josh, when I was growing up, um, his birthday is exactly one month be before mine. And I had just seen uh, Jump London. Um, and, uh, and I was like, I went to his house and I was like, dude, we're going to go outside. I saw this thing. I want to try this. Like, this is sick. It's called parkour. And I told him <laughs> and I showed him, I showed him like some clips of Sebastian and stuff. And I was like, yeah, we don't have any buildings like that around here, but, but there's these moves like he was doing reverse vaults and you know like kongs and stuff like that so i was like yeah totally let that that right there we're going to do that uh he didn't join he didn't join in with me um but he went he was a supportive friend so he went mm -hmm. out um with me and uh and that was like my i had obviously been like jumping around and trying to climb whatever and jump off of whatever for my whole life before <laughs> that but this was the first time i knew what i was looking at And I saw some moves. So yeah, like, okay. yeah, January 9th, that's, that was, that's my 16 years. So um, extremely happy about that and excited uh, to have birthday. made it to 16 Happy years. anniversary. It's crazy, 16 Thanks, years. Man. And you're, you're very fit, very healthy, right? Like on... Uh, you, relatively so, yeah. Do you have any injuries? How's your body now? How old are you um, actually? 27? Uh, I'm going to be 28 in a few days, actually, in, in about yes. uh, 20 days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel, I feel good. I actually just, I actually just finished a, a new project, um, which is like some of it's, it's not like the, it's not like the, the crazy um, like intricate lines per se, but it is some of the hardest movement that I've done. I don't want to like, I don't want to give away what the theme is um, <laughs> because, because then uh, there will be like an expectation, but This project I've been shooting for um, about about I think ten months or eleven months, something like that. Um, so um, that's sick. So yeah, is and, your uh, own yeah, production? So, so good. Yes, yes. All Ooh. the all the squadron stuff. So um, and when is it coming yeah. out? Uh, I would like for it to come out at the beginning of February. Um, Because uh, you know, beginning of Black History Month, so uh, Black mm -hmm. History Month in the U.S. But I want to just, I want to get it, uh, I want to get it out at that time. It's very, it's very particularly directed at, um, at us in particular, mm -hmm. actually. Um, you know, a lot of it was filmed in the neighborhoods that I grew up in. Um, a lot of the the specific visuals are of like a contrast between the the um, you know the neighborhood life that I had here and the neighborhood I grew up in. And the neighborhood life that I had 
with my mom when my mom married a white man and we moved to a white neighborhood. So very, yeah, big, big contrast, big difference in, in what things like look like in the areas and stuff like that. And I, I highlight a lot of that in the project, but it's, it's beautiful. So hopefully February, early February, yeah, I'll be done with it. Yeah. It's a big edit. It's a big edit. Like it, it literally makes my computer sound like, uh, you know, the, the big fans that are in the gym. Yeah. That's what my computer sounds like. Cause it's pushing all these 4k files through and stuff. Uh, oh shit. So, and how long is the video going to be? Uh, I'm looking at somewhere between like 10 and 15 minutes right now. Oh shit. Nice. Nice. Why no hype? You didn't put like a poster or anything or <laughs> no, nothing. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I typically just like drop kind of like out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> so here's the reason why I'll tell you, I'll tell you the two reasons why. Number one, um, I don't think about it. Uh, oftentimes I'm just working on the thing and then I got the thing ready and I'm like, the only people I'm kind of hyping it up to are my friends who are shooting it with me, my partners, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, so it's like, they were talking about it and that's kind of it. Um, and that's, you know, like I said, I just get really into the art of it and just mm -hmm. want to make it and kind of put it out uh, and drop it. So hopefully people recognize that because I've been doing that for years now and like are just waiting. But uh, mm -hmm. um, the other reason is because I used to do, dates and graphics and all that stuff um like ahead of time and i wouldn't hit the deadline or if i yeah. hit the deadline i would uh i would not have completed the piece exactly how i wanted to so if nobody knows it's coming then or or if people know it's coming but have no idea when um or what to exactly expect at least then i can really make sure that i uh, like love it you know like when i put yeah. out Bane. When I put up Bane last year, I didn't, um, I didn't do any specific promotional about it. I was hashtagging it, but I wasn't talking about what it was that I was creating. And mm -hmm. then I, I dropped it, you know? Um, so mm -hmm. like that, that allowed me the time to, to create it the way that I wanted to create it instead of trying to meet the deadline. Cause I don't want to do like a, like a storm movie thing, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, um, and then hype it up, and then I don't hit the deadline. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Storm. <laughs> no, no, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I also try to not. Uh, I have horrible problems with consistency, and if I would tell, I think that if I say like a deadline, and if I say out loud the project that I'm working on, I will be less likely to make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a good practice also to be honest to your word, right? If you say something and then you're not making it, every, it's, like a, it's like a spiral of uh, negativity. So it's better to, better to keep it to yourself un, until you really know it's there, it's, it's real, and then you're poof, boom. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and with, with this one and all of the ones that are proposed to be going forward there's a lot more than just the film that's coming you know like i mean uh we we are working on a lot of surrounding pieces because mm -hmm. um it's it's one of those things that i think i could like release for purchase mm -hmm. but i i one of the main reasons i don't want to do that is because there's a lot of there's a lot of young people in 
like I said, neighborhoods like this one that I live in, that I was born and raised in, that wouldn't have the access to it, you know, mm -hmm. if, uh, if I released it for purchase. Um, so instead of doing that, uh, all of the purchasable items are going like, you know, around the film, but the film itself will be, you know, obviously like all of um, our squadron stuff is, uh, is free, you know, free mm -hmm. for access because it's more important that the art is out there um, and that people can actually see it, access it, and and get inspired by it than it is for people to to buy it necessarily. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so there's like a, there's a lot of things coming with this one that I want to make sure that I'm not trying to release like after the fact um, of the video coming out. Like I want to have them all ready to go so that when the project comes out, then we can release the other purchasable items um, from like the the film specifically um you know so that it all comes together and it can all be really well thought out you know i want it to be good i don't want to just drop in in go for a cash grab because that's whack <laughs> i can't wait to see that sounds very good it sounds like you're excited and it's a passion project Definitely. and i'm also working on something i haven't i haven't been talking too much about it but it's coming it's going to be my first ever real action video um I, <laughs> you know i'm ready for that i'm ready for that <laughs> yeah I, I have one more month of shooting i have half done i have to yeah, wait i've been waiting on something like that dude i can't tell you i know that i don't want to like take away too much from your questions but i cannot tell you how many times your name specifically i have said i'm dude me and the squad i mean the squadron bro we are we are family we are family we love each other we all are so on the same page about so much shit so often when we're talking about like who who is not getting the the like this person is one of the greatest of all time i'm always like why are we not talking about luis i'm looking around <laughs> like i'm like people are bringing oh, up this person crazy. and this person and this person and they're all dope but i'm just saying luis has been has been that dope for over a decade <laughs> i mean man. I'm talking, dude, I'm talking no, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, you today, if, if nobody knew you and 10 years ago, you just decided to come to 2021 and start doing stuff, people would be like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, dude, mm -hmm. I'm telling you so often, I don't, I don't want to take too much away from your questions, <laughs> but I'm telling you so often, I'm like, why are we not talking <laughs> about Luis? I need I need some people in here right now. We, we, <laughs> yeah. This is a problem. Thanks, man. That's Thank why, you. That's why I made that story post about you because I was like, dude, nah, I need to talk about this. But it's it's also a little bit of my fault. I, I I never worked too hard on promotion and like as I said, this video that I'm making right now is the first time that I'm actually collecting footage like of action, you know. And it's still not like a normal parkour video of training for a whole year it's conceptual and it's very meaningful to me like the first times i thought about this idea of the vi this video was five years ago six years ago now and i was waiting for the right moment and now i have it and when i the, when i was explaining the idea to my my best friends afonso 
I, I cried the first time I, f I saw the video, like the first half of the video, I cried when I was, <laughs> it's like, it's a really like, it's not action, action. And I, n I never focused so much on this action, action, because I think I never believed so much in myself. And I think that's the main reason, you know, uh, but, but it's, it's all good, man. I really appreciate your words very much. Really. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank hey, you. I'm, I'm ready for the project, man. I'm just letting you know, <laughs> I'm just letting you know, I'm first in line, whatever, whatever you need, whatever. I'm, I'm watching, I'm sharing, I'm making sure everybody in the world that I can touch sees it. Because I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Thank you. I'm also waiting for yours. So let's go for TikTok. You know TikTok? I give you two options. You pick one of them. Okay. All right. Give me. Big jam or small groups? Uh, small groups. Jazz or blues? Ooh, 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 I don't know. Uh... Damn, I don't know. Fuck, that's hard. Um, <laughs> blues. Cool. Uh, usually I ask jazz or hip hop, but I know what you would have picked. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know where I would have gone on that one. <laughs> Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Coffee or tea? Coffee, unfortunately, for my health. <laughs> Rails or walls? Mm. Okay, by rails, do you mean like rails to land on or also swingable bars? You choose, man, your world. <laughs> if I had to, I've said this for years, if I had to pick a spot that I would have to work in forever, I would pick a rail spot because if I can swing, I can do wall type things off of rails. So that's what I'd pick. And I love, I love rail precision, like one of my favorite moves. So rail yeah. spot. Yeah, it seems like your universe. <laughs> Um, dive Kong or Lazy Volt? Um, hmm. Damn, man. I, you know, I never thought I would sit here and be like, which one? Very philosophically, which one would I use more? <laughs> uh, I guess, I guess Dive Kong because of like the flight feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Also the head first feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ilabaka or Vorslav? Ilabaka. All right. Ilabaka's that. Ilabaka's my dude. That's good <laughs> friend, but also before he was a good friend, huge, huge, huge inspiration. Still a huge inspiration. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's crazy that some people don't know about him now. The new generation. A lot of kids don't know about him. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing, parkour historians? Like, we kids. <laughs> You guys got to know where this stuff comes from because everything <laughs> you're doing, like, you got to know where, where it started so you can, like, give love and pay respect because it's like, yeah. man, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for that guy, maybe I never would have ever even thought of this because, you know, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, Ilabaka completely changed the name. It's like for skaters not knowing Tony Hawk or Rodney Mullen, you know? Dude, yeah, literally. And, and that's, like, unheard of right now. So, yeah. like, if they got their history right, you know, we need to get our history right. We got to make sure we pay, <laughs> pay homage to the legends always. Yeah, yeah. We have a, need to have a game. Uh, Daniel Ilabaca Pro Tracer. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> quick, quick tip. You already know how to do everything. So, um, yeah, just take, it, <laughs> take the avatar out and just go do whatever. It'll, like, you know, you won't fall. <laughs> If people would have heard the stories about Ilabaka, they would think that... 
Dude. It's a lie. <laughs> yeah, they no, they really would. They really would. But just like the the things that he did, and I mean the things that he did in front of so many of us in person, like you know how we look at challenges, and then Danny will will just do the thing that he's looking at. He'll see it like I got to go do that in under fifteen seconds because I know I can. And it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, bro. It's a very incredible, incredible body, of course, because his coordination is, is, is you cannot explain on words and his strength, yeah. but his mind, man, his mind, his brain is, is an alien, it's very special yeah. human, very, very special. <laughs> All right, Daryl, man, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Finally, we made it. I'm super happy. Really? I know, I know, yeah, uh, you know, bummed, bummed about missing out on the, fir on the first opportunity, but, uh, but obviously knew it, I knew it was going to come back around, so. Yeah, yeah, I think it was also good, the first, let, let, let's just keep this, talk about this really quick, the first time I asked to talk to you on Swapping Shoes was during the Jimmy and Daryl kind of talk conversation on the internet, uh, but it never worked out because it's so hard to do and because of the time difference and stuff. Uh, right. But it's good that we waited at the time, so it could the idea could get ripe, and right. here it is now. There's always some parkour drama to talk about, right? <laughs> always, you know. Wish, wish it wasn't like that, because it's like why we it doesn't need to just. I thought we were the special group. We were the yeah, special I know. ones. I thought we were the enlightened ones. <laughs> we don't have to talk about this. We don't. We, why? Like, like, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But uh but hey, you know, um I'm I'm always all about talking about um things that are going to help us progress more like the sport physically is always going to progress. It's always going to progress. But I think like the kind of like the real morality and and purpose of the culture, you know, it being something that puts more good in than than um bad and education and understanding and stuff like that. I'm always down for all that. I'm always down for all that. Like talk, I'll talk about that all day. Cause uh, <laughs> that's what, that's what we're out here for. Right. I mean, if we're here to inspire, then we should be inspiring the best, you know, best qualities, um, you know, that we can at least. Yeah. That's words. But the, we are the ones who think about it. You know, that the majority don't think about it. They, the most part of the people, they, they see us um, being looking so much for meaning and for the good communication and for our uh, like motifs, and they just think that uh, you think too much about this, you're too worried mm -hmm. about this. Uh, just live your life, just relax, man. Why do you care so much? Because it means more for us and we go through the negative side of the morality than 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 uh, the majority does so yeah yeah it's a it's it's honestly it's funny that that uh it's seen as such a like we're almost seen again we're almost seen as like criminals for it like why are you trying to tell me what to do or what not to do like no i'm just talking about how people feel how i feel like and we should be able to express that you know so on and mm -hmm. so forth but it's it's one of those things you know it's just kind of like it's not fun <laughs> it's not fun to be virtuous 
you know, if, mm. if that's like people want to like, you know, put labels on us and stuff like that and say that we're, you know, like over opinionated or whatever, it's not fun, but it's like the right thing to do in our hearts, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, look, it's not fun. I'm, I'm not famous. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not getting everybody run into my stuff because I'm just a great athlete or anything like that. A lot of people run away because of the things that I talk about, but you know, to see some, some people being hurt by something uh, who are always hurt by something and saying mm -hmm. something about it, especially coming from the experience of it happening, like, and utilizing the art of parkour and like filmmaking and all of what we do um, to, to speak about it. Like, I mean, I mean, what the fuck is the point of using it otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you know, especially if you know, like, mm -hmm. Why, why, why not say something when you know you have something to say? <laughs> no, that's very good. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, whether the majority thinks about it or not, the ones that we get through to definitely mean a lot. And I've had a lot of meaningful conversations over this past year that I had hoped to have years before. Uh, but we're here, and I'm sure you've had a lot of those conversations mm. re more recently now yes, than before yeah. as well. Um, and and it's really nice to to um, as painful as all of the the bullshit is, it's really nice to um, hear from some people and get the camaraderie and advocacy and know that yeah. there's more good people in it than you think. Which is one of the other things that I think will get more of us you know people of oppressed cultures into this sport is just seeing more people standing up for them you know what i mean like mm -hmm. us standing up for us is going to make this space seem a lot more uh inviting to people who could really benefit from something like this so yeah we we keep doing it we'll just keep doing it right yeah man we're gonna keep doing it <laughs> we're on it cool thank you very much Daryl. really um I hope you have a great night and a great weekend of training and can't wait to see your project and uh, more stuff from you. We keep on touch. Word up, brother. Thanks for your time. All of man. All ciao, love. ciao. See you. Peace. Thank you for joining. I hope you guys have enjoyed. Let me know what you think in the comment section down below. Oh, wait, there's no comment section. <laughs> I was just joking. Okay, have a great weekend, guys. See you!